0: there is a spirit of heaviness in here. Is it it just me? Uh, Is it just me? Maybe I'll just talk to the water bottle today. God has given us a garment of praise to shake off a spirit of heaviness. Felt it and I've sensed it since this morning. If God has given you something and he's given you something to put on, you have to sometimes, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, it takes work to put it on. Yes. You guys understand what I'm saying? It, it, you, God said, I'll give you a garment of praise, which means you have to pick it up, put it on to get rid of the spirit of heaviness. This is a great time right now, the first Sunday of the year, for us to give God some praise, some glory, some honor, some power. He deserves it all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are here today. Listen, saints of God, 2020 is gone. We're in 2021. Praise God. We made it. Thank you, Jesus. And I know there's some great things ahead. I'm I'm trying right now. I got so many notes here, but I'm just, I want to encourage the saints this morning. I don't know what it is. It I don't know what's happening with folks sometimes, but sometimes it's the uncertainty of what's to come that puts us in a a position to not transition where God wants us to be. If you you understand, I don't even know what I just said. That's how Holy Ghost that was. For for some reason, some reason, we are so worried about what's going to happen tomorrow when we're not enjoying what's going on today. Anyway, how was you guys' World War III? (laughs) I mean, New Year. ¿Cómo estuvo uh, tu noche vieja? Did you guys hear about all the fireworks? Did you guys hear all the fireworks, gunshots on New Year's Eve? Did anybody not think he was in, I was about to say Beirut. Well, it's a little old, but um, yeah, it was a lot of gunfire going on in my neighborhood. I was like, adios, mijo. What is going on here? Era como una zona de guerra. It was just like a war zone going on in Susun. But I pray that your 2021 has been, an un- has been uneventful thus far. Oro para que su 2021 sea transcurrido sin incidentes. Now, don't forget, just real, real quick to let you guys know, don't forget, just a side note. About our fasting and praying for the next 21 days, you guys know that. Corporately, we are doing some fasting and praying for the next 21 days. If you guys will please join us every morning for the prayer call, you guys can see uh, one of the leaders about it. But it's all through Facebook. Everywhere else, get all the information. So, uh, ¿Estás listo? ¿Estás listo? See, sí, I got two Spanish speakers. ¿Estás listo para la palabra de Dios? Are we ready to receive the word this morning? All right. Now, now listen, can I just be honest as a pastor? I have to sit up, pray, read the word, and study to do a sermon to bring to to the people of God. So I would appreciate a little feedback today. Can I get a little feedback from my work? Yeah, don't make it hard for me today. Okay. Okay. Uh, we love you too. Amos 3 and 3 asks this question. Dios nos hace uh, una pregunta Amos 3 and 3. 3 y 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Cameran dos juntos si no se han puesto de acuerdo. Did you know that God desires to walk with his people? ¿Sabes que Dios quiere caminar con su pueblo? But God will only walk with us, pero solo caminará con nosotros when we fellowship, or when we follow the steps that he has ordered for us. Cuando sigamos los pasos que él nos ha ordenado. Psalms 37, 23 says this, the steps of a good man and a good woman, are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. God is pleased, Dios se complace when we walk in the agreement steps that he has made for you and I. Cuando caminas de acuerdo con él. Now, with that being said, by a shout of praise, how many people in here believe in Jesus's, Christ, Jesus Christ's words. Amen. How, many people, how many people love the word of God? All right. ¿Quién está de acuerdo con la palabra de uh, Dios? Cuánto? Listen, escuch, escuch, escuchando. ¿Cuántas personas creen que el mismo Dios que te trajo aquí hoy es el mismo Dios que te llevara I'm going to say that to you in English so you understand. How many people believe that the same God that got you here today is the same God that will get you till tomorrow? If God did it before, Dios lo volverá a ser. He'll do it again. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. These plans are for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God said, I know the plans that I have for you. The problem is we don't know what the plans are. I know there's people like my wife. She does not like when you don't have a plan. Can I get an amen? There's some people in here, they're like, no, I need to see where we're going, how we're getting there, how much gas, how we need to dress. I need to know, we need to have a plan. But God says this, God says, he knows the plans for us. Woo! Now, just being an army guy, I like to be, I I literally like to be strategic, but, you know, sometimes God has things for you to be tactical. He just says, look, I'm going to show you a place. Ah. But he told Abraham to go, and then I'll show. But in order to see your future, you got to start walking. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, that, was, that was a story. That was a good message right there. But listen, what if somewhere in front of you was a moment that would change your life forever? A moment with potential. A moment filled with endless possibilities? What if you knew that there was a moment coming, a divine moment, a moment where God would meet you in such a way that nothing would be the same for you again? What if there was a moment, a defining moment, where the choices you made determine the course and momentum of your future? How would you treat that moment? How would you prepare for that moment? And how would you identify that moment? Moments are as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands in the sea, and any and, and any of them could prove to be your most significant divine moment. Sometimes we don't realize we are in a moment until that moment is gone. Mm. Sometimes moments and opportunities pass by us. And sometimes those moments seem mundane, but below the service, there could be a miracle wrapped up in the moment. I'll say it again. There could be a miracle in a moment. Moments are mysterious. They are small enough to ignore and big enough to change your life forever. Sometimes moments are like this. Moments aren't always hours long, but a moment can be the minute of just maybe meeting somebody. Maybe you're one of those people that walked by you and told you about Jesus Christ in a moment. But it was in that moment you heard the word of God and your life would never be the same. And I believe today that this is your moment. It's a moment right now of decision, it's a moment of destiny. And it's a moment of direction. And as I look around this congregation right now this morning, I realize that this movement that we have here called the Building Christian Fellowship is much bigger than one person. Yeah. What was start 12 years ago, 12 years ago in our living room in Susun City has influenced hundreds if not thousands of people in the state of California, even nationwide. Today, our ministry is here not because of one person, that's the pastor, but we're here because of God's faithfulness and countless, I say again, countless number of people who have sacrificed their time, their resources, and their talents to make this church what it is today. And the only reason it happened is because we all agreed with God together and we seized the moment. Where are you going, Pastor? Well, James 4, 4 and 14 says this. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. What is your life? You'll never know what will happen on the morrow. Nobody knows when, the Lord, when we close our eyes in the morning that we're not going to wake up. We don't know. Tomorrow's not promised. But it says here, your, your life is just a glimpse. It's just a moment in time. The Scripture tells us that we aren't promised tomorrow and that we have to seize the moment today before it passes away. That's what the scripture is telling us. In Ephesians chapter 5 and 16, it says this, make the most of every opportunity in these last and evil days. How many people like to just waste time? Nobody's going to, yeah, see, yeah, amen. Praise God. See, that is confession. Lord, heal you. No, a lot of times we waste time, but we don't realize wasting time means missed opportunities. Did you guys hear what I'm saying? Wasted opportunities are like teeth. If you don't take care of them, you're going to lose them forever. And some people in here right now, if I see you smile, you're missing that side tooth. Just look, look at pictures. Also, you guys listen, there's just a little bit of little uh, advice here. Don't let your stimulus check be wasted on opportunities. Wow. Mm. Don't think your opportunity of your stimulus check means, oh, I can go get them shoes now. You guys didn't even want to hear that right now, did you? always <laughs> tell us nothing? No, no, no. You have an opportunity that you never know. maybe 600 dollars right now doesn't mean anything, but with God and your faithfulness, you could start up a business with 600 dollars. Praise the Lord. Acts 2 44 says this. Now, all who believed were together and had all things in common. Now, let's talk about this. What did this have to do with anything? Well, first of all, Acts 2 and 44 was talking about people that were in, they were agreed together. And Acts 2.44 says, now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were all together. This is not talking about what I think and how somebody across the world thinks. We're talking about people that came together, they believed on the word of God, and they had all things in common. We all had one thing in common right now here at the Building Christian Fellowship, and that is that God's word is above everything else, and that we will do the word of God, and we will continue to to preach the Word of God to people in our community. And as we come together as as saints of God, all of us believe the Word of God, and guess what we're going to do? We'll be together and we'll have everything in common. And then in Acts chapter 4, 32, says this. Now, the multitude of those who believed, that's us, were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things they possessed was his own but they had all things in common. We have things in common here, and that is, what do we have? What do we have, we have, we have to, faith, hope, love, and real, relevant relationships. We have that in common. I sit down and I see people that they believe in one thing. They have everything in common. I have watched people who didn't have end up with stuff because of the people that they believed. Now, I'm saying that because there were people in here that didn't have nothing for Christmas. There were people here that were sick and didn't have uh, groceries. There's some people here that lost their jobs or didn't have Christmas. But because the family of God believed in the word of God, we made sure that we took care of each other. We had everything in common. And what was that common denominator? Jesus Christ. Now, we had this situation years ago, and I'm going to talk about this story. You guys can, it's a story that's happened to us a couple of times. I remember when Atira had asked me, she's like, look, junior hasn't had any Sundays off. And this was years ago. And um, he's been here every service. We were having two services. Jr. was drumming. He was doing everything. She said, look, let, let J.R. have the Sunday off, Pastor Uncle John. <laughs> he can have it off. And I said, you know what? You're right. Absolutely junior doesn't get enough time off. And a few days later, at the time, um, Atira discovered that Danny, you know, Danny, you guys remember Danny? Danny, for some reason, decided to leave the church because she found a husband, got married, and had a beautiful family. God bless her. Anyway, anyway, Danny was playing for us, but Atira forgot that Danny already had, had it off. And then I already promised Jr. to have it off, and Atira's looking at me. So I look at Atira, and I was like, Atira, don't worry about it. Pastor, you're going to play the drums. Thank you. Thank you. I said, Atira, I've been playing the, the, the drums since the church started. Okay, I'm gonna play the drums since church started since we had a a handful of people. So Uncle John, Pastor, she said, let's hire somebody else. <laughs> but I heard this little voice in my in my in my head that said this. If Danny and Jr are out, the show can't go on. So it's like, what are we going to do? I said, look at Tira. Once again, I can handle it. I can do it. And she said this, Uncle John, when you were playing the drums, there was only a handful of people in the church. She paused and gave me a look like Donald. You guys know that look that Donald gives? Tira does the same look. She gave me that look. She said, if you start playing if you start playing back the drum or start playing the drums again, there, there will only be a few people left in church. So I got the message, right? So I called, I called JR and said, look, man, I can't give you Sunday off. Everybody says, Oh Yeah, yeah. Now, I, you guys are asking yourselves why I told the story. Listen, because we as a church get into these situations Because we aren't seizing the moment. Don't you know that seizing the moment isn't always about you? What what do you you mean? Because we have a church this size. We have musicians. We have people that sing. We have uh, um, children's workers. We have people that that work the um, greeters. I couldn't remember. Greeters. We have ushers, we have security, we have enough people to get the work done. But sometimes, because we like to sit down and sit back, guess what happens? We don't seize the moment to please and praise God, and everybody else is doing the work while everybody else is sitting there with their arms folded. God has called us to seize the moment. There shouldn't have been a time for somebody to go, um, well, you know, Jr. Is, is, he's here Five times a week doing this doing it shouldn't be that way, because people haven't seized the moment. People have wasted opportunities to give God glory. Man, I'm, I'm trying not to get on a soapbox about, uh, about a few things, but you know there are people that listen, I, say, I said it earlier, that this isn't about you. A life of being a Christian isn't about you. There are people that won't do, look, they're like, well, hey, I, I would love to serve on the, uh, on the um, children's ministry. How much does that pay? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you know, I know how to play the bass. How much does that pay? Well, the other church over here is going to pay me to play the bass, what? so I'm going to go there. Listen, guys, the church outgrew me a long time ago, and over the next few moments, I want to share with you some principles that I have learned um, as the church has grown over the past 12 years. Now, what you are here today is not uh, conclusive. I am still learning. I'm still in the process of becoming the person not who I am um, and that God has called me to be. Hopefully, these principles will encourage you in your journey as a Christian It is safe to say that none of us here have arrived, and we are all in the process. Amen? Amen. We We all have dreams. We wonder about the future and what it holds for us and our children. We dream of succeeding in life and business, so what's the next step? How do you get from where you are here today to where you want to be? Does anybody want to see where you're going to be at in a few moments, in a few days, a few years? You still think about it. There's some people in here right now, they're planning vacation. But you can't sit back and plan a vacation and end up having a stroke. This is what I want to talk about this morning after all that talk. How to seize the moment. To embrace your future How to seize the moment to embrace your future. Ephesians chapter 3 and 20 says this: "Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that worketh when, I mean, worketh in us." Now, him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. Number one, I'm going to give you guys some principles. Number one, believe that God is more than enough. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 says this, God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way you will have everything you need always and everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. I want to just get up up and shout at this this scripture because I don't think you just caught it. You have everything you need. My God will supply everything that I need according to his riches and glory. We say that all the time, but it says God has the power to provide you with more than enough. He's given us more than enough. You know what that means? We talked when the young man had two fish and five loaves, he had more than enough to them, to feed the multitudes. And then when he was done, he had even more. Why? Because God supplied with him, supplied him every kind of grace he needed. He said, that way you will have everything you need always and everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work, every kind of good work. If you're going to embrace your future, you have to come to a point to know that God is enough. There are times in your life when you found out that the only thing you had left in your life was your relationship with Father God. Can I get an amen? When you've been stripped of everything in your life that you thought you had, when, when, when you're, you're hit rock bottom and you start feeling like, man, what God, why have you left me or forsaken me? God said, I never left you nor forsaken you, and I have given you everything you need. You don't, you, you don't need the car and the house. You don't need all this and all that. All you need is Jesus Christ. Lamentations 3 and 24 says this, the Lord is my portion. So my soul, therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is my portion. That means he's more than enough. He is giving me everything that I need. He is my portion. He is for me. This is what I've been given. You know, like when you're sitting down and you're getting whatever you're getting, you get, you here's your portion, that's all you get. Well, when the Lord is your portion, you got everything you need. You're full. Your cup runneth over. (laughs) So listen, guys. So in order to seize the moment to embrace your future, we must make sure that we know that God is more than enough. God is able to supply you with every kind of grace. Number two. You have to believe that God can hear you asking. Come on, you guys, listen. You got to believe that God can hear you asking. There's this crazy thing about our God. He loves, listen, he loves it when you ask him for things. Now, I know some of you guys are like, well, you know, I, Christmas just happened and I didn't get that Hummer that I wanted but I asked him for it. No, 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 no. God loves when you ask him for things according to his will. Let's, let's make that clear. I'm, so, I'm sorry uh, with some of you guys talking about, you know, you can name it and claim it and, and all that stuff. No, that's not what it's about. You have to ask according to God's will. Matthew chapter 7, 11 says this, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those that ask him? Can, can, I, can, I, can I do some teaching today? You have to, you have to make sure, you know, look, I'm going to ask God for things, and God says, I want to give you good gifts. But sometimes what we don't realize is your good isn't what is God. Did you guys catch that? A lot of times we go, man, this is good, but it's not God. There's a difference. Just because you asked doesn't mean you're going to get it. But when it's according to God's will, then you can expect it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you ever even noticed how often Jesus mentioned the word ask in the Bible? Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Knock, and the door shall be open. Okay, you guys, I mean, there's so many scriptures. Jesus tells us that God loves to give good gifts. To who? Us. To those who will ask, he asks, and then he says, you shall receive. There is something about asking that God really likes. The Lord wants us to ask him for good things, rather, God things. But don't get it twisted. I need you to understand this. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4, this is where I need you guys to sit back and hear the word of the Lord. James chapter 4, 2 and 3, it says, you lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. You may spend it on your pleasures. We always talk about saying, you have not because you ask not. You guys ever hear that? Well, you know, you know, you, have, you, have you asked the Lord? Because you know you can ask the Lord, just you, you have not because you asked him. Well, we take this scripture completely out of context. Because as we sit down and we, we read this, it says, you lust and you don't have. How many of us want and covet so many things right now? Does it sound like the Ten Commandments? One of the commandments of God, we covet somebody else's stuff. All the commercials that you see on TV brings covetousness into your life. You see it on TV, and as soon as you go out the door, it's like, man, my neighbor just got the same car that I wanted, and then you want what they have, and then you'll start working overtime. Then you start, all of a sudden, they go, look, anybody can get this car. We have creative financing. (laughs) Yes, the car is $80,000, but you could pay for that car. In eight years. And you're like, yes, but you covet. He says, you you lust and you don't. You murder and covet and cannot attain. And sometimes murder doesn't mean that you have to, to, to kill or take somebody's life. A lot of us aren't murderers per se, as far as taking somebody's life, but being a murderer is somebody that kills somebody else's joy. <laughs> You know what that means? It's a lot of times, saints, saints of God, we are murderers because we we kill people's joy. Somebody has a dream and says, you know, uh, you know, I know sounds, I know it sounds weird, but I, I want to be a doctor. I know I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm old. I'm 40 years old, but I'm going to doctor. I'm gonna go to med school and blah blah blah. And then somebody looks at him goes, no, What are you doing about me? How are you gonna be a doctor at 40? Right. You just kill people's dreams. And because you, don't, because you don't believe them or because you don't believe in their dream, you murder their joy, and then guess what? You don't get what you want, which is you're miserable too. He says, you fight and you war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask for the wrong things. That says, you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. There are times that you will ask God, ask God and ask God and ask God and ask God. And God says, and this is what I honestly believe as a pastor. You, a lot of times we ask God for things and we keep asking him, asking him, and then he'll just like, okay, go ahead. But don't you know that a lot of times as you're sitting there and you're praying and you're asking God and God is saying, no, 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 that there's opportunities around you and the, and the enemy of your soul is going, look, God said no, but I'll say yes. Because you want it for you. You want it for your own pleasure. You want it not because of what it will help with somebody else, but because it's your own pleasure. You spend it on yourself. We have to be very careful about what we are asking for. We need to check our motives and our hearts. James is saying we don't have what we want because we're asking for the wrong reasons to use what we want for our very own pleasures. If you are going to seize the moment to embrace your future, you cannot be selfish. Listen, the gift of your present is to prepare for your future for others and not yourself. I'll say that again. You can even tweet this if you guys are on Twitter. The gift of your present is to prepare for your future for others and not for yourself. A doctor doesn't become a doctor because he wants to be a doctor. A doctor prepares himself to become a doctor for others, to help other people. That's the choice. That's, the, that's, that's a pure motive to, to, to become a doctor. So in order to seize the moment to embrace your future, we must, number one, believe that God is more than enough. Number two, believe that God can hear us asking or hear you asking. And number three, and I'm gonna bring this to the, clo- bring this to the close, believe that God can do more than you can imagine. Number three, believe that God can do more than imagine. So as I bring this to a close, If you want to embrace the future, then you must believe, have faith. Jesus taught his disciples this principle in Mark chapter 9 and 23. He says this, everything is possible for him who believes. He understood the power of faith. When we believe, our impossibilities become possible. Faith is the key that unlocks the door to God's active power in our lives. Faith is the power in the moment. What is faith? Faith is believing that God can do more than anything you can imagine. I have to give a quick testimony here is that I I know that God is a healer, and I had faith, but I never imagined that I was going to be healed the way that I was healed. I'm sitting in the the bed not being able to, you know, after the stroke, I'm sitting in bed not being able to read and look at pictures. I I couldn't tell you what this was. I knew what it was, but I couldn't tell what it was. I, I, I didn't know what this was. I knew what it did, but... And I had faith, but I never could imagine that after the stroke, never could imagine that I'd be up here preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ again. I never could imagine that. Now, I don't stutter, and I can't read things like I used to, and and that's okay, and, and I may not be the same preacher that I used to be, but I never could imagine that I would still have the honor to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that in my weakness my strength would be made perfect because of faith in Jesus Christ. I never imagined. You guys know that all of us have been given a measure of faith and it is our responsibility to use it. You've been given a measure of faith. Everybody. We just got to learn how to use that thing. It it would be crazy for you not to use something that God is, for you not to use something God has given you. God said, I've given you a measure of faith. Some people got a lot of faith. Some people got a little faith. But God said, I've given you all a measure of faith. When God sat down and looked at the, the disciples on the boat, and I got this revelation years ago. It said when they were on the boat and they were saying, Lord, we perisheth. When the storm came, and Jesus was asleep, sleep, and everybody's running around, and they're doing, they're going crazy, and oh, master, master. So he, they wake him up, and you guys know how you are when it was like Sunday afternoon. you know the Sunday afternoon naps. You know what a Sunday afternoon nap is. Brother Carlos, as soon as you get home, you had something to eat, you you out. You know how you feel? That's how Jesus was doing because he was, he was tired. Somebody going wakes him up. And he gets up and he looks at them. They're like, don't you care that we're dying? We're perishing. Jesus looked at him and goes, oh, ye little faith. And it struck me. I used to think that he would look at them and, and he was basically chastising them for them not having faith. He was, he was looking at them and, and uh, telling them are trying to remind them, no, 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 no. Because earlier in a, in, a, in a sermon, he says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could look at this mountain and tell it to be moved. He said, if you would tell that this mulberry tree to be plucked up and thrown to the sea, if you just have a little bit of faith, which means God had already given them faith, but they didn't use what God had already gave them. He said, oh, ye of little faith. He wasn't trying to, to, what is the word when you, yeah, what is that word? Not chastisement. Patron, that's not patron, but you guys understand what I'm saying. You guys figured it out. I've had a stroke. So, yeah, he was trying to t- say something bad, but he, was he wasn't sitting there trying to uh, cap on them. Isn't that the word, cap? He wasn't trying to cap on them. He was trying to encourage them. You know, like you do to a child when they, when they make mistakes. The master, they even said it to him, master, master. So he turns around and says, look, oh, ye of little faith. You know, it says, you people of faith, you men of faith, each one of you had a lot or maybe a little, but I've given you a little bit of faith. Any one of you could have stood up and stopped this storm. Even better, if all of you were in the, in, the, in, the, in the boat together, maybe you guys could have came into agreement together and agreed, maybe you had a little faith, a lot of faith, but all that faith in one boat would have stopped the storm. Too many people choose not to use their faith. They look at problems of their past, And they base their future on what they see in the rear view mirror of life. For some of you, things have been tough. So you have to remember, you cannot change the past, but you can determine your future. I (laughs) I should have put the picture up there. I was looking at my memories today on Facebook, and there's this picture of me with Shirley's. Some of y'all don't even know what Shirley's are. It was my thug days. I got this picture, and I'm like, long hair, real long hair, curled. And I sat down, I looked at it, and I was getting ready for the sermon this morning. I sat down, I go, I thank God that that guy is in my past. (laughs) I thank God that my wife didn't meet that guy (laughs) back then. See, yesterday is gone. Today is a gift. That's the present. And your tomorrow is always coming. So tomorrow never gets here. that That was deep. Yesterday is gone. Today is a gift. It's the present. And your tomorrow is always coming. But your tomorrow never gets here. (laughs) I can't get back the mistakes, the offenses, and the wrongdoings that have happened to me as of yesterday. So why not just leave it behind me? That's that's hard. That's hard, Pastor. That's hard. Because some things people have done to you that, that happened like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Paul said, there's one thing that I do. I love it when he says it, in Philippians 3 and 13. It says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it on my own yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to the, what lies ahead we have to learn literally we have to learn to put things behind us today is a gift so why not live in the present we get so caught up with what happened yesterday or we are making plans for our future that we don't realize the gift is now there's a gift right now it's the present that's why they call today a gift it's a present in the present. Reflecting back is okay. It's okay to reflect back. If you guys drove here, maybe you Ubered here, but if you drove here, you have a rearview mirror. You guys realize the rearview mirror is about that big. It's a reason why the rearview mirror is this big. It's for looking back to reflect. It's a mirror to look at reflection, what's behind you reflect to look and go where you came from it's all right to just kind of look back and then keep going looking forward you look back and look forward. this is where i've been but i got to keep going forward but if i keep looking at what's going on b- behind me watch this if i keep looking at something that's so small and minute that wasn't meant for you to go forward you'll get stuck in your past and you'll never move forward into your future The present is okay. The present, it's okay, you're in the car, you're right here, you're driving with people in the car, it's okay, but you have to look what's around you to make sure you appreciate what remains. But your today prepares you for to your, your tomorrow. You guys know when you're driving, while you're driving, you can't keep looking back in the rearview mirror because you see where you've been But at the same time, you have to be aware of your surroundings. You got to make sure that you stay in your own lane. Don't keep switching lanes and trying to do whatever. Just be focused on where you're at and where you're going. This is where I'm at. I see so many of you guys always trying to switch lanes to get a little bit further ahead. And then you end up, you ever see, you guys know that guy that speeds over, gets in front of you, gets cuts in front of you, and then five minutes later, you're at the same spot he's at at the red light. You guys know that? Some, yeah, some of you are like, that, that was me. I, that, I race to the red light every time. Well, we got to make sure that we're staying in the present because this moment, this time is a gift from God. The last thing is looking forward, It's okay to look forward. When you look forward, you know that in front of you there's a destination that you're on your way to. But you got to look out for obstacles. There's things that you have to make sure. Sometimes there's things you can avoid. There's some things you can't avoid. Sometimes we're just going way too fast. Just know that while I'm in this present, I see what the future holds, but the future is going to be greater because God says, I have an expected end for you. But make sure you enjoy your present and forget what's going on in the past. Yeah, you may have missed the exit, or maybe you, you may have missed the old turn, but God says, I got greater things in front of you, but enjoy what's going on right now. Why not have a conversation while you're in the car with somebody instead of being so worried about what's in front of you? Listen, I believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think concerning our future by the power that works in us. I believe, and hopefully you believe too, we have to believe that God is more than enough. We have to believe that God can hear you, hear you asking. We got to believe that God can do more than we can imagine. We have to seize the moment to embrace our future. So I believe. So I believe, so I believe your future doesn't look like this. I believe that your future doesn't look like it is today. That we are going to leave all that old stuff behind us. That today we are going to live in the gift that God has given us in this present and we will prepare to seize the moment and take a hold of our future. Amen? Amen, amen. Stand to your feet. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I believe if you were listening to this word today, I believe that you received it with gladness of heart. I thank you for even listening to what the Lord has said today. Praise God. If you guys will just pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now for your word. We will take the word that we heard today and we will hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against you. God, we thank you that even right now, Lord, that you have given us the opportunity to seize the moment, Lord, that we can uh, uh, we could see, live in this, this, this moment and seize our future. Lord, I thank you right now, Lord, that you have given us an expected end, that you have given us plans for not of evil and, and, and a plan for good things. And I thank you right now, Lord, as we have taken this word, that we will not just be hearers of this word, but we'll be doers of this word. Lord, I thank you for this very first Sunday of this year that we know that there is greater things to come for us. Lord, can you show us how we can appreciate are now, are present, the moments that we have right now that we will not uh, uh, focus on lost opportunities, but God, we will just know that there will be more opportunities for us to have in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for this right now. Lord, we thank you that you are giving us a discerning spirit to see those moments, to seize those moments, and to, to, to be blessed by them. So we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.